This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LeBusque and Kate Bora. Kate Bora here, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women Australia, joined by the amazing Mr. Mark LeBusque. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, I'm well, Kate. Good to be um, with you again, and hello to our listeners. Absolutely. So excited today to be talking about managing millennials, and this has been a subject that has gained so much traction. You know, I've got books on managing Gen Y and Gen Z and this. There's a lot of complication and conversation that I've noticed around this in terms of the marketplace and in organisations. What about you? What have you noticed, Mark? What I noticed not long back is, um, and a person I have a lot of admiration for, Simon Sinek had a powerful little video out about millennials. And whilst I enjoy Simon's work, there were some things in there that I didn't particularly agree with. But at the same time, it's created a really good conversation around, is it about how many candles someone's got on their birthday cake as to how they're going to approach work and the rest of their world or are we all just humans that want the same things even though you know we've had different life experiences so there's somewhere in between both of those things Kate where I think the answer is and and, and today I want to tease that out and explore that a bit more with you. Yeah and I think it's where you at in terms of life you could be at at a place in life in your 20s that you might be back at at again in your 50s depending on on what you're seeking but I think there is something that's different, Mark, and that is the workplace experience for people is different now than it was 20 years ago. And there's conversations that happen now that we didn't have 20 years ago. There's expectations that we have on workplaces that we perhaps didn't have 20 years ago. So I think it's important to acknowledge that the workplace is different. And more than anything, it's different because people are challenging the status quo and are prepared to, whereas years ago, you know, you wouldn't have necessarily had the conversation, had the courage to say, actually, you know what, I'd like to work remotely or I'd like to take a career break or actually, you know what, I would like to come to work and it'd be fulfilling. Yeah, I want you to pay me, but actually, I really want to be fulfilled and find meaning and purpose in what I do. And I think it's the fact that we're having those conversations as opposed to the generation thing. Yeah, I think so. And look, you raise a good point. All of the things you just mentioned about the change that we're all experiencing, I guess how I'd like to wrap that up is to say that you can be like that if you are 25 or if you are 55, you can still have the same conversations because today we are granted permission to do that. I reckon if we go back 20 to 30 years ago, it was almost like speak when asked. It was a bit more like job for life. And I think we put a ring fence around people that stopped them from challenging the system because the system would bite back at them. Whereas today, I think organisations and humans are now more open. I think in a more humanised world of workplaces, they're more open to having conversations about, like you said, flexible work arrangements that, you know, I can go from one organisation to the next in a fairly rapid fashion. And it doesn't mean that I'm not loyal. It actually just means that I'm pursuing something that that I'm really, really passionate about and that I shouldn't be judged. Now, that can happen again if you're 20 or if you're 40. Yeah. And so I think the distinction is the millennials are willing to ask the questions and perhaps I think have permission to ask the questions that other generations, Gen Xs, the boomers, were thinking but didn't either have permission or have the courage to ask. And that really is is the only distinction. I think that's been an amazing shift in the system. So when it comes to if we to buy into this conversation of managing millennials, where do we start? You know, I, I think it's a big piece around get back to basics. You know, 
to orientate around the human manager. They're human. Yeah, absolutely. So this whole premise that there's some really smart consultants out there at the moment have created programs around how to manage 20 and 30 and 40 and 50-year-olds, and they're getting a lot of traction. And I think that organisations are absolutely wasting their money doing that. If we get back to what you said then, Kate, around the fact that before we look at birthday cakes and candles, we look at the human need, the human need for connection, the human need for belonging, a strong sense of purpose. And again, doesn't matter what age you are, if you have a feeling of relevance and contribution to your organisation and helping the organisation meet its strategic intent, if you feel connected to not only the peers in your own team, but to an organisation, you're going to do good work. And it's not then, why should we confuse managers and put another layer of complexity over the way they manage based upon age when we can just say, treat your people like human beings, give them a sense of connection and belonging and allow them to thrive. Yeah, I think that piece around purpose is so crucial. If we can complicate the conversation around culture and leadership, but actually I do think there's something to be said around basics. You know, if we look at, to your point, you know, there's so many psychometric tools and you know, lots of different layers around you know, neuroscience. I'm a huge neuroscience fan, but as a leader, I think it can really feel overwhelming. You know, I'm supposed to know about the neuroscience of this and all be like a, a psychologist and actually I'm, you know, I'm an accountant or I'm an engineer and I just want to do some good work. And I think there is a lot to be said in the current dynamic to coming back to some basics, exactly what you said, you know, help people figure out what actually their purpose is and what meaningful work is. And that can be quite a simple conversation to facilitate. It can be really hard as an individual to be able to identify into it. Last night I was talking with someone and we were talking about, you know, what is my purpose? And I see a lot of individuals who are almost waiting for that answer to fall out of the sky and or almost waiting for their organisation, that it's my organisation's responsibility to figure that out for myself. And actually, no, it is yours. And it takes work to figure that out. It's actually, you know, it's working with a coach or it's buying, it's reading books. It's something, it's not going to fall out of the sky. And I think that's a really important piece of personal accountability. As an individual, help figure out what your purpose is. As a leader, help your people figure out what is meaningful work. And I think for me, that's one of the incredible basics here that actually no matter what age you are, if you can help your people figure out what meaningful work is, you can either help them create that in the current workplace or you can help them go get it. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, we're going back to basics here. We're going back to the whole idea of the purpose of me being in an organisation and the conversations that I'd love to have with my manager or that if you are a manager, you should be having with your people. I talk a bit about this in, in my book around the first five questions. Now, two of those questions, one being, what do you expect of me as your manager? And then the second one is, what's your work style preference? So this whole idea of your preference and the way you thrive at work will be different for different people, regardless, again, of age. But we tend not to have those conversations. I love what you said before. There's almost an expectation that someone's going to do this for me. This work is hard work. The work of human is, is a long game. These days we're looking for simple short-term fixes and answers to things that, that just aren't there. And I know the work you do around helping young females drive their own careers. I know that you're not, you're sort of holding their hand and guiding them, but you're not giving them the answers. And I, I think there's something in this as well. Like there's this argument that millennials feel like they're more entitled and that they should be the CEO in three years. And then the other end of it is that the older people are past the use-by dates. And 
maybe if we just had a conversation with both of those groups as human beings, we might actually find out that that's not the way it is for them. That in fact, maybe it's the reverse for some of them. So as a manager, I think you need to spend more time in looking at these people as human beings and less time at looking at them as, um, you know, the date of birth. And let's talk then, we've talked about purpose and meaning, let's talk about connection and belonging. In your, you know, how do you create that? And I think there's a big piece around the purpose and meaning is the gateway into that. Because if you are aligned in an organisation that the work I do aligns with the purpose and vision of the organisation, there is almost by definition a natural connection with the organisation, connection with other people in the organisation if they're aligned, and by definition belonging. Yeah, so I think it starts with belonging. And two very simple questions or statements that you should talk to your people about is, here's why I think you're relevant in our team as part of our department, as part of our organisation to, to meet our overall strategic intent. And the second one is here's how I think you contribute. Relevance and contribution are really, really vital for people to start to get a sense of now I know where I belong and how I belong to this organisation. I just simply wasn't given a position description that said here's your job, off you go, and in 90 days we'll have a chat about whether or not you've made it. It's got to be more about being really, really specific with every individual. It takes about 15 minutes, Kate, to have that conversation. But if you have that conversation with your people and they start to feel like they belong, connection happens as a byproduct of that. And you will get people who will be motivated and loyal and engaged to do the work that your organisation is helping to achieve. And the, the piece there is actually explicitly showing people what they do on a day-to-day basis, how that contributes to the broader goals of the organisation, to actually explicitly create that connection, which in some cases is not easy to do. Mm. So I think there's a piece around helping people get clear about what is it that they do on a day-to-day basis, how does that contribute to the the longer-term goals of the organisation, and ultimately show the value and help that person understand that. It ultimately connects them in around the fact that actually if I put effort into this, if I do a great job here, it has meaning, it has value, it has relevance. And I think that's the extreme or that's really important. We see it all the time when we look at, you know, organisations have strategic direction documents and all of those sorts of things. And then you've got a bunch of employees who are at the front line at the coalface doing things that have absolutely no explicit connection around what they do on a day-to-day basis and how it fits into that strategic document. So that's what we're doing. We're creating that connection so I can see the pathway through between my effort and ultimately the outcome for the organisation. And and I think in that space, and this is something really, really important for managers to think about, is in a world that is all about fast-paced, quick change, everything going on, you've actually got to slow down a bit here to speed up. And the slowing down piece is about having this 10 to 15-minute conversation around relevance and around contribution, which takes you away from the position description. It's not about the technical things that they're doing, but I want people and managers to start to think about what are the human skills? We call them the soft skills, but what are the human skills that people are bringing that add to their relevance and add to their contribution? A great example, one of my fellows that was in my team some time ago, his contribution was that he was an agitator. And the contribution that he made to our team was that at times when we were all just sitting there agreeing that he would agitate, but he would agitate in a way that was done with good intention and would help us to get out of groupthink and start thinking about other things. Now, you could say that had nothing to do with his technical part of his job, which was to sell things, but the agitation was so important in order for us to meet our goals and to 
for the organisation to meet its strategic intent. So it's not just about technical skills, it's also about what I call the human skills or the soft skills, as they're known today, which are the hardest things of all. Yeah, for sure. And then I think it's about, you know, being open to doing things differently. I think sometimes as leaders we can get caught up in groupthink, to your point, that it's just not the way things are done around here. And that the reality is how do we get creative? You know, we're seeing people have, you know, it's not one job. Often people now are having, you get in the Uber and it'll be the Uber driver who is a tech consultant full-time and is Uber driving for some extra cash. Or you'll go along to a yoga class and they're a full-time or a part-time four-day-a-week something in the corporate world often and they're a yoga teacher. And so now how do we open up to doing things differently? How do we get creative so that we can still maybe achieve our organisational outcomes and our team outcomes, but actually we can do it in a different way that allows people uh, the opportunity to meet, have other needs met, be on purpose in another area. I think this concept of, you know, that I'm going to start to perhaps work in my corporate role here um, three or four days a week, but a, a day or two I'm going to be over here and I've got a client who does this. I went off to art school for two years and is now just sitting in an art studio two days a week painting because actually that's something that's really important to her right now and she wants to dedicate some time to it. So I think it's about stripping it back to not looking at the person as the technical expert in something. And there's a lot to do around here with judgment and bias. Mm. If that's what you've always done, that's what you'll always be. But, you know, again, I had a fellow in my team who was an amazing bids and solutions manager, but one of his passions was landscape gardening. Mm. So, you know, he found a, an online landscape gardening course to go and do as well at the same time that he was doing his great work in the organisation. But it freed him up, and I guess it didn't have me judging him as he's good at that and that's all that he's good at. He has some other passions, he has some other purposes, and if I allow him permission to do that, the output at work is going to be so much better than just if I see him as that dependable person every day doing that work. And I think that's the first thing. And the second one I'm going to say, perhaps just to finish off from my side, is stop getting romanced by all these fads. All these, you know, things of, it's about what colour you are on your, on, you know, red, blue, yellow, green, ISTJ, ESTP, whatever it might be. <laughs> I am a fan in some respects of those things, but let's stop using them to judge how we need to treat people, regardless of age and whatever else it might be, and start looking back at that level of connection and belonging, which ties back into what you said before, purpose. Yeah, and I think... My observation of leaders who are in similar situations to yourself, Mark, is stop focusing on what you're going to lose and start focusing on what you gain. So if you've got someone who's working with you four days a week and doing something else that's a different vocation or something they're really passionate about, you know, just celebrate the fact that they're in that vocation and that passion is going to bring a new energy to the work that they're doing. It doesn't mean that they're working on a plan to escape your organisation and put, you know, you're going to be without them and that's going to put you in an area or a place that's going to be really difficult to recover on. Start focusing on what, what that brings and just be open and transparent. You know, they might run off at some point and go over to that vacation full time or they might just stay because actually they don't want to do landscape gardening five days a week. They don't want to be on the tools, digging holes and doing all of that. They actually just kind of want to dip into that one or two days a week and really allow that to feed their soul. And actually, I'm really happy staying in this corporate world. It serves me for a number of reasons, job security, it serves me financially, it probably serves other aspects that are really important to me. And, you know, I'm happy with that blend. And let's not get caught up in this whole idea that that's going to be based around age. If I'm younger, I'm going to be looking to fly the coop. And if I'm older, I'm just looking for something that's safe, a safe harbour and a safe haven. So just to finish up, 
let's stop looking at the number of birthday candles on the cake and let's start to look at humans as human beings. Awesome. Great work. Love your work, Mark. Thanks very much. No um, and hope you enjoyed that one, listeners. Thanks, Kate. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to our Real Leadership Podcast. And if you liked it, why not rate it five stars? Or if you loved it, why not share it with your friends? And check out our websites. For Kate, it's www.ypwa.com.au. It's Young Professional Women of Australia. And while you're there, check out her book, Core Confidence. And for me, it's www.marklabus.com. And check my book out, Being Human. Looking forward to bringing you the next episode of Real Leadership Podcast, where we're going to talk about the issues with toxic work cultures. But until then, keep your leadership real.